Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome to Next Step Leadership Podcast. I'm Chris Maxwell. Uh, Tracy Reynolds, my friend, is with me again. And Tracy, it's always an honor to have conversations with you and and those that we have uh, the opportunity to talk to. Absolutely. I love that we have made friends along the way. And one of the things I get to do, Chris, is I get to do some adjunct teaching at a, a couple graduate schools. Um, and along the way, I met Holly Goddard. Holly was an exceptional student, but we had a lot of mutual friends, and I just felt like that the things uh, she loved working with discipleship groups and small groups and home groups, and she'd worked with children, um, and she uh, was serving at North Point at the time, and she still is. So we kind of hit it off, I, I and I enjoyed having a class with her, but I loved reaching back a few months ago and saying, hey, Holly, would you be on our podcast? And she said, yeah, I would love to. So Holly, welcome to Next Step Leadership. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. It's just such an honor to be here. Well, you're kind. Let me tell a little bit about you, and then what I would love for us to do is just hear some of your story because I think it's fascinating. Well, Holly is married to David Goddard. They have three children, um, and uh, they're like all uh, younger than high school, and you know, so that she's still in the the mommy phase of her life. And but she's done a number of things in church world. But before she did that, you went to uh, Valdosta State, uh, had a mass media degree there. Went to Georgia State, got a master's in sports marketing. But I met you at Richmond Graduate U, where you got a master's in divinity and ministry, and. Already, that's intriguing. We're going, that's an interesting <laughs> pathway. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I did a deeper dive, and I discovered, I should have known this, that uh, tennis was a big deal. Yeah. That uh, you were a part of the USTA, the United States Tennis Association, uh, for multiple years. And uh, so you've had an interesting way. But currently, you are the executive pastor at North Point. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, I've had a winding road of sports and seminary and all Things in between. Um, never thought I would be in ministry. I didn't really even grow up in a Christian home. You know, we were kind of the church mm. Easter crowd. You know, so I had heard about God, and you know, the few times I was there it was like, "Hey, you should pray the prayer because the alternative is not awesome." And so I would just <laughs> lay in bed, and be like, "Okay, Lord, here I go again. Like, I hope it takes this time." And um, I just uh, that was kind of my experience growing up. You know, that was my view of Christianity. Um, grew up in a really athletic home, academics and athletics. They were the values. They were the currency. We were all tennis players. Um, and I did play at Valdosta State there, walked on, mm. played college, which led to me wanting to work in sports marketing and worked for the United States Tennis Association, which I loved. It was so fun. Mm. Um also did the mass media degree because I thought I wanted to be a sportscaster. But when I got to Atlanta for grad school, you know, I'd had a winding road with faith. I had always like um, felt like I wanted to know God, but didn't know how. And then I felt like it was so rules based and it that it wouldn't be fun. And so I just resisted <laughs> God for so long. And then... Um, 
you know, a friend of mine who was the first person who ever invited me to church. I was just kind of having one of those spiritual moments where I was just like, man, am I a Christian or not? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to be, but it doesn't feel like it. And I remember <laughs> sitting down and having a long conversation and, you know, I prayed the prayer one more time. And I'm like, all right, Jesus, like, if you're real, then let's, I'm willing, like, let's do it, whatever it is. And um, mm. she told me about a church in Atlanta called Buckhead Church. She said, I think you would really like that. And so I went there by myself. It was in a grocery store. Um, and it was one of the churches that North Point Ministries has planted is geared towards unchurch, you know, people who are seeking or wondering about faith or maybe even been burned before. And I just connected. Like, it just started to make sense. I just started to believe, like, yeah, the Christian life, I think it might be a better life. I think, Jesus, this might be fun and fulfilling and you know, not as scary as I thought. And so I just started walking. I just started showing back up the next Sunday. And I just thought, I'll just keep showing up every week until, you know, these things start clicking. If God is who he says he is, you know, eventually this will start making sense to me. And so I just started showing up and and God just kept leading me little by little, you know, gently as I needed kind of at that time. That's wonderful. So you moved from the sports marketing world. Yeah into children's ministry world. Yeah, with no That had to be, I mean, (laughs) now I have to say, first thing, my my grandkids have grown up with the blessing of Womba Land. Oh, I love it. So this is some firsthand knowledge. You know, they've come to faith in Christ through this. So a dear place in my heart for what you did. So you worked as a volunteer, I'm guessing, and then became part of the staff at Wombolette. So tell us about that. Yeah. So I uh, worked in sports marketing world and I traveled to all kinds of events and tournaments. And so we had two children back to back. Anna Kate and Allie are six months. I got pregnant when the first one was six months. So they are 18 months apart Wow. or maybe 15. I don't know. It was a blur. That whole stage was a blur. (laughs) And um, I remember I went on a trip for work and I came back and my husband was like, you got to get a different job. Like, I can't do this. Um, mm. And this is such a providential relationship in my life. But we had joined a small group. And at the time, um, Joel Thomas was the lead pastor here at North Point. He's a mm-hmm. Buckhead lead pastor now. And so we ended up in his small group somehow. And he said, hey, do you have a resume? We've got a spot open in Wombland. And I said, uh, yes, I would love to work at North Point because I thought it was the most amazing church that I've ever been to and the only church I've ever been to. So I My. was like, yeah, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And But my only qualifications are that I have two preschoolers. I don't know a ton about kids, but, you know, I'm willing to learn because I'm in the mm. thick of learning right now. So that's how I got on staff. And, yeah, it's been a journey ever since. Well, that's crazy. So you did that for a number of years, and then you transitioned. Now, you were part of a group, so I think that probably plays yeah. into this. You discovered the value of doing life together and growing in your relationship with Jesus together. So how did groups become such a prominent part that you wanted to be a part of helping shape group life? Yeah, so... I remember we, when we joined Joel and Jen's small group, you know, we had a part, my husband and I had a part of our story that was a secret. And not a, I mean, we knew, and maybe a few people knew, but we just didn't talk about it. And my husband is um, in recovery. So um, he had struggled with pain pill addiction, and he was sober at the time, but we had not told anyone about that. We had just kind of struggled silently. 
because I didn't know any other Christians had ever dealt with something like this. So I thought, this is too messy. Church people are nice and clean. They don't struggle like this. Mm. No one will be able to relate. But we knew being part of small group was telling your story. And I just remember us sitting down before the first small group, like, are we going to tell them? Like, we got to tell the lead pastor our grossest, darkest, like, junk. And we were like, yeah, I guess we got to. Like, this is what you're supposed to do kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so we did. And, um, of course, we were received so gracefully. And um, it was just such a different experience than we thought. You know, we really recognized the freedom that we got from being open about our struggles. It, It wasn't what we expected at all. And so I think I was always passionate about small groups because I'm passionate about growing in freedom. I just think there's just so much life when you are able to bring things that are hidden or that you're struggling with into the light so that God can heal them. And that's what the church is for, just to surround each other when we're on that journey. So um, that was our very first experience with small group, and it made quite the impression. And, um, you know, fast forward, Joel who was my boss at one leg of the journey, because he knew our story, um, there was a moment in our marriage where David relapsed. And it was a big, um, it was a crisis in our family. You know, it was, um, there were secrets, there were lies. Addiction is, um, it's from the devil. I mean, it is a death spiral. And so. Yes, it is. When, because Joel knew our story, he could kind of see some signs that like, hey, things aren't right with him. And he entered in because he is very bold and courageous and, you know, just that's how he is, loving. And um, he really entered in to our story. And um, David ended up going away for treatment for six months. And so that was another time in our life where being surrounded in group, being honest with what we were struggling with and allowing the church to be the church really changed us and changed our story and really the trajectory of both of our lives. Mm. Where would you guys be if people had not been there to accept and also to direct on what to do next? Where would you guys be? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a scary question. It's, you know, it's so hard to think about because I just think we would still be so trapped in bondage and in lies and image management. And um, yeah, we just wouldn't be free. We just wouldn't be living the life that God has crafted for us. One of the things that I, I, I just treasure about the body of Christ is that um, we are unified in our pain. Mm. We live in a broken world. Uh, people, uh, and we talk about in groups, uh, a group becomes a group in my mind when we do share our stories. Yeah. You just can't get past that. We didn't become a family until I know the junk of the other people around us and we're united in that. And, and as you said so beautifully, you were met with compassion. You were met with empathy, people that could feel the pain. And we realized, wait a minute, church isn't what I thought it was. Church is about a bunch of broken people learning to do life all over again in a different way by the power of God at work redemptively in our lives in the middle of the mess. It's so true. I don't think I would have understood what the body of Christ meant. I don't think I could have. It would have been words on a page. It would have been a nice sentiment. But to experience that, 
how God loves you through others, how he provides through others, how people show up, like almost how he sends people at the moments that you need them. It is, um, it's just life-changing. I just learned so much about his kindness. I'm guessing that as a result of having experienced real, true, authentic community in such a way that your lives began to be transformed and worked through broken places. And again, people seeing obviously the giftings and the, the, the calling of God on your life as well. But because of what you experienced, you began to want that for other people. Am I right? Oh, it's so true because once God changes you, you just can't, you're just not the same. You know, once you taste, it's the whole taste and see that I'm good. Once you do, you're just like, oh, wow, there's just, there's something so much better. You don't have to stay trapped in this and you can almost see it on people at times. You know, you can mm. see when they're hurting or you can see when they are having a hard time kind of dealing with whatever's going on inside of them and you're like, I know it's scary, but if you could just put it out there, you know, God, he heals. That's what he does. So I think you're right. I never thought God would use us in this capacity. I didn't want him to. It was too scary. You know, I'm like, use a different part of my life. And he's like, nope, <laughs> let me use the part where you've had to be most dependent and most in pain. And honestly, where he's done miracles. But doesn't that sound just like the Apostle Paul? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's God is majoring on my minors. You know, I, I'm the, the chief of all sinners. Yeah. He says. Yeah. I, I'm the guy. I, God, I asked the Lord to remove this thing from me, but God says, no, my strength is made perfect in your weakness, Paul. You know, I'm just going to, you, if you had, you would brag about that, Paul, if you didn't, you know, but that's just us. God meets us in our brokenness, but he doesn't leave us there. It's so true. And one of the most winsome parts about the church being the church is that you can't get that at Walmart. You can't get that at the Rotary Club. Now, you can get variants of that. I'm not saying, I'm all for that. But part of the beauty of the redemptive part of the body of Christ is that God meets us where we are to transform us through community, through broken relationships, through people learning together to follow Jesus. Mm. Mm, so true. I'm thinking about um, many people who have been hurt uh, in ministry or in mm-hmm. relationships, and they've chosen the the island of isolation mm-hmm. uh, instead of the land of the community. Um, and it's interesting to me as we're having this conversation with you in this podcast, uh, we're not hearing you know this quick summary of steps to success for church. You are telling us your story and we're seeing true new testament church in action oh wow where there is love where there is acceptance and where there is forgiveness so i want you to just tell us more of your heart of how you can speak life to those who are listening to us today who feel like giving up you know what their marriage isn't what they wish it was they are struggling with a different type of addiction yeah some in ministry unfortunately yeah have turned their tendency toward addiction into a church addiction, you know, a success addiction or a business mm-hmm. addiction. Mm-hmm. And we're dependent on so many other things. Talk to us just from your heart yeah. about how you found, how you were able to find peace and encouragement in the middle of all that you've gone through. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I, our human nature, um, 
just a broken part of our humanity is that we can make anything an idol, you know, and um, work can give you such a kickback. And when your personal life is going terrible, that you just keep going back to that. But nothing, nothing will ever satisfy you like God will. And I think he's been gracious when I've gotten to those places of, you know, going to the broken wells. And, you know, I can be workaholic and put all my best energy into work. And then it's, you'll just have those times. It's not fulfilling. It doesn't do it for you. Or you work so hard, you end up isolating yourself from relationships and people that you care about the most. And then he just so graciously reminds you that it is in your weakness that he's strong. Like you do not have to carry it all on your own. And I guess a thing I've been thinking about lately, or maybe where he has me is, um, he says that his burden is easy and his yoke is light. That is the Christian life. And so if it doesn't feel that way, then I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it. Holly's doing wow. it. And um, I think what's tricky about growing as a leader and growing in leadership is sort of the better you do, the more you get on you, right? And the more you get on you, I think it, the more tempting it is to think that you got yourself there. I know I feel like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've learned this and I've done, it's like you start reciting your resume, which is really just a warning light that you're feeling really insecure. And, mm. um, and he, all the while he carried you to all those places, but we're just like, we have a tendency to forget that it was always him and his strengths and uh, the gifts that he's allowed you to have that got us there. And we were never meant to do a supernatural ministry in our own strengths. I mean, so that's the recipe for disaster. I recently heard um, John Ortberg came and visited, which I mean, what a gift to learn from some of the people who have navigated the hard complexities of ministry and are still so faithful, you know, still so locked on Jesus. And he was talking about burnout. And I get it because I feel that what other pastors and leaders feel. There are moments that I'm like, really, God, you want me doing this? Like, are you sure? I feel like I would be better like by a pool, just chilling or like, this is too much. I can't carry it all. And he's like, yeah, you can't carry it all. Um, but Orberg said, Hey, a lot of um, burnout, it really isn't the workload that you're carrying. It's the anxiety that you're carrying, that carrying that much anxiety leads to burnout. And the definition of anxiety gave us is there's some kind of need that I have that's not getting met. So I'm anxious. And I think that that's what we contend towards in ministry of I'm carrying this responsibility. I'm carrying this responsibility. Oh, now my needs aren't getting met. Okay, now I'm just rehashing kind of what's not going well, and your anxiety grows and grows and grows. And meanwhile, we were never meant to carry it alone. You know, I, I love the theme of grace, the theme of community, the theme of brokenness. Mm. Uh, and again, back to the, the centrality of the grace of God, and that we cannot do anything of any supernatural significance in our own strength. We are just utterly dependent on him and any minute I think I'm not I'm I'm deluded and deceived. Yeah. That's that's so good, Holly. Well thank mm-hmm. you for going there. Thank you for sharing vulnerably with us thus far. And I look forward to 
our next conversation where we can dive a little deeper in the things that the Lord is yeah. doing in your life, Holly. Uh, thank you for taking the time. And if if people wanted to to reach you uh, right now, how would how would someone if they wanted to contact you and just say, "Hey, man, I just want to affirm you or ask a question," how might they do that, Holly? Holly Goddard at northpoint.org. Well, we just really appreciate your words, and we look forward to our next conversation with you. Uh, as we're all together learning ways to make our next steps our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.